Hey, legendary human. Yes, I'm talking to you. Love the show? Why not joining hundreds of creatives already part of our collective for monthly masterminds, challenges, masterclasses, and so much more? We help creatives make a positive impact in the world with their message and their content. So give your creative work the visibility that it deserves. Find out more about how to get involved in the show notes of this episode. So we actually have um, some numbers because like, we, did, we did some customer surveys about this and 80, 82% of our users have discovered a new place of karma. Hi team and welcome back to the Make an Impact podcast with the HBC team. Today we have the whole team here with us. I'm Fab. I'm Samantha. And I'm Amy. And I'm very excited to be back. Uh, we swear we're excited. We just have been packing goodie bags like nobody's business today <laughs> for this week's awards. How how was that, guys? How did it? It was good. It was very quick. Very organised, yeah. which is what we like, efficiency. Speediest one we've done. <laughs> we should have timed it and just kind of writing a leaderboard, but we haven't done it yet. Um, but we did do things differently because, I'll let you some explain a bit more about this, but we took the sustainability pledge, which means everything around the event had a bit more of a, I think a different spin to it, we mm. can say. Yeah, we've had to think about it a lot more. Um, but yeah, essentially we signed a sustainability pledge um, to make sure that everything we did kind of lowered our environmental impact and had less uh, packaging and things like that. Um, we didn't want any or as le- little waste as possible. Mm. Um, so yeah, we've had lots of lovely goodies from different brands that have all been really good at accepting our pledge and taking part. Um, and we came, I mean, came to the end of packing and had the tiniest bag of rubbish and the rest is all recyclable mm. or can go it's just encouraging to see go. what brands can do actually yeah. and what they are doing now because it's just such a thing that people are aware of yeah um, I think if you ask them that's the thing if you don't really put the question out people are not going to think about it and just asking yeah. puts the kind of awareness of okay we're going to pack something mm-hmm. remember once years ago probably like last year or even before there were so many things that are packed in a cardboard box that mm. is packed in a cardboard box that is packed in a plastic wrap and you're like oh it's ridiculous yeah and so we kind of like were mm. a bit more strict with that but it really helped us winding through yeah. I guess and we didn't have a single negative response from a brand either you know no one said oh I think that's going to be too tricky for us you know don't worry about it they were all really supportive yeah. and thought it was a great idea and it's been and, really easy to do and it's interesting as well because some of the things we have in the packaging I was a bit unsure so I asked you actually how is this and one of them was fully recyclable the other one yeah. is actually compostable yeah. so I think a lot of the time now it's just still there's awareness obviously that things need to change and we need to all make our part but mm. not everybody's necessarily exactly explaining what they're doing or how they're doing it so yeah. you wouldn't know and I think that's the thing like I, I think I like the idea that people are being a bit more vocal about it tell me if your packaging is recyclable like literally yeah. Yeah, because shout out about you know, that education is important otherwise mm-hmm. I wouldn't know mm-hmm. and then obviously you know you see some plastic wrapping which is not necessarily plastic it might be compostable it might be recyclable it might be plant based plastic we don't know Yeah. so go straight in the bin which shouldn't and that's, that's kind of one of the things um, actually I wanted to mention what in your opinion Sam was the I have my choice I'm a pick mm-hmm. but <laughs> the hardest thing when it comes to the sustainability pledge that we have to take like the hardest element obviously of organising the whole event when it comes to that's a good question. I mean, I don't think it was actually that difficult. I think the biggest thing is just the mindset shift. Like, mm-hmm. everything we now approach, we have to think about in a sustainable way. And 
saying no to things that aren't going to work or no to brands that don't fit that kind of values and stuff. But it really wasn't that tricky. I mean, I think the only thing we've struggled with is trying to find um, like a roll-up banner that, that is fully, fully um, sustainable. <laughs> and yeah, there just it seems there aren't many companies out there that do it. And if there are, then it's extremely expensive so or sometimes also a bit impractical which i think is the yeah. kind of thing of finding something that is practical that you can reuse there's nothing wrong with making it it's one of those things there's nothing wrong with making stuff that is recyclable but what if you can make something that is kind of a bit durable mm. and then obviously doesn't waste as much um <clears throat> as much product because that's the other thing yeah. is like some of the stuff is actually recyclable but i'm like i can see that we use it once and you have to chuck it in the bin yeah it's recyclable it's fine but we're yeah. like the next step as well yeah. um because I was going to literally say they're all about yeah, it. Which is surprising. It was the only thing that we could think about that I was like, yeah, that's, yes. that's really surprising. I never yeah. would have thought that that would be a sustainable issue. No. A roll up banner. <laughs> I suppose because it's the, because we have different sponsors each year, the logos so change yeah. each time. Okay. So it's harder than just having one kind mm-hmm. of HBC branded one that we could have at every event. Um, but yeah, aside from that, everything's been really easy. And also, like, I know that a lot of people now have been really aware when you go out and obviously, like, um, even people that go at events now are a bit more mm. wary about the amount of stuff they're yeah. going to be given. A lot of people I heard that don't even say, well, again, yeah, we work with bloggers, influencers, obviously, we are some too, so we go to stuff of ourselves. And a lot of people literally decline goodie bags because of the fact yeah. that they don't want yeah. to get any wasted stuff. So yeah. for us, it's also very interesting to see how we can take things to the next level. Yeah. I think reassessing what we've learned and kind mm. of see how it develops. Um, that's kind of why it's interesting because I will be honest, we probably wouldn't have been able to do all of it by ourselves. We're really lucky that we got Black Seat Freedom and Karma as well as our both um, two sustainability partners for this mm. event. Yeah. Obviously, um, you worked a bit more with Plastic Freedom with Beth, and obviously I worked a bit more with Karma. Who is actually going to be interview? We're going to talk to Jessica today from Karma. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, like, what? You know, what have you learned from Beth or how, how is she kind of contributing when it comes to the element? I know because I've seen it, but I would think yeah. it would be interesting to see because they're relatively smaller brands and not everybody knows them as well. Yeah, she's just helped us think about, um, well, she's given us loads of products that are completely plastic free and sustainable mm-hmm. and easy to use and put in the goodie bags. So that's been really helpful because she's just been able to give us a list of, of people. But when it comes to the event, um, just giving tips on things to think about like asking the venue have they got a recycling bin have they got a composting bin mm-hmm. if not how can we help them get that for the event the event um thinking about the things that people might hand out so flyers we've just completely banned and having the confidence to say no we're not accepting flyers yeah. this year um and saying to the venue as well please don't put any papers out things like that um so yeah just having the confidence to say that and have those conversations yeah definitely I really liked, um, so we're also working with Karma, as I said, and we're working on a more of a, there's a level of education, and we're also going to get a bit of a team fun activity, you know, go on a day with Karma as well. Um, so check out on Instagram if you want to see a bit of that coming in the next couple of weeks. Um, but overall, it was really interesting, obviously, to understand a bit more what the company is about and what they do. And again, it works really well because the venue does offer some of their surplus food on Karma. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of fascinating when you think about it, of the amount of food they still, because there's not, I think it's just the lack of clarity of knowing what to do when, you know, when you have yeah. the surplus food. And I think you and you also worked in our cafe, which you have dimension, yeah. but you did work in one cafe yourself at one time. And um, I think you don't realize until you worked in hospitality, like mm-hmm. if there's not clear plan of action, 
Obviously, um, some people give it away, but mm-hmm. sometimes just... The amount of food waste is just disgusting. Yeah. And, like, I would try and take things home and either eat them at home or, like, give them to people on the streets. Um, but we then, we then did sign up with another company who would come pick up um, our unsold food. And I think they kind of distributed it to homeless charities, homeless mm-hmm. shelters, that kind of thing. But then they didn't turn up every night. So then it's like you've packed this stuff and yeah. it's all ready to go. And then you just have to throw it. And yeah, it's heartbreaking. But there's only so much like curry that I can yeah. take home <laughs> one night. Um, and I would make sure I took home stuff every day. But yeah, it's really difficult. And you think that's just one place. And like there's thousands of restaurants just in London alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually really shocking. So it does just need more companies like this who... Yeah sign up to places like karma who can yeah just resell the food and just make sure it doesn't go to waste Mm. because i think also a lot of the things about bigger cities is that there is you know you don't have the local friendly cafe you got 70 local friendly cafes or you're out and about and i think we're animals of habit so i still catch myself sometimes if i need to get some food instead of checking karma for example which now i have so i use it quite regularly but sometimes i will just go to prayer and not because i'm thinking about it it's because Mm -hmm. you know you know and obviously, yeah. if you don't know what Pret is in the UK, it's um, it's a big chain of just kind of like Starbucks-like kind of cafe yeah. and kind of um, snacks and food. It's just the way, it's just, I would say, it's that mentality shift that we need to make. And obviously, uh, when it comes to the interview, it's really interesting because Jessica's going to talk about some of the trends, some of the way actually people mm-hmm. use karma the most. You would mm-hmm. expect people to go to the same place at all times, but they really like to experiment. And I, I think, think that's so nice because you don't have to pay for as much pay as much for it yeah. as well. So if you want to try out a new place and you're a bit like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to actually enjoy it, yeah. pay half price for it. If you don't enjoy it, fine. Yeah. Um, but then you might have discovered someone new that you actually really love. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like a really good way of like, even if you're not as considerate as the planet, but just trying out a new place for like really yeah. cheap. What you, Sam, I know that you personally as well, you are, you've been trying to do little things uh, on uh, when it comes to like you know understanding like little ways to kind of like reduce the waste mm. and stuff like this is there anything that you started doing that you know kind of, not, not that it's sticking but you know one of the things that you think like I've been doing this for so long and I don't even realise that that yeah. is a change that I've made I think the biggest thing I do now is take a small Tupperware for any um, like food waste oh. because those bins just aren't available out and about I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever seen a composting bin no, on the streets no, or um, in any kind of restaurants and people just take your plate away or your whatever you've got left an apple core and it goes in the re- general bin so yeah taking it up away and putting those in my Tupperware and then taking that home and putting it in my composting bin <laughs> I take um, a Tupperware for leftovers to eat later yeah. and I could Tupperware for like you know when you go to shows and they're constantly handing out snacks and samples mm, yeah. I take Tupperware to put like actual yeah. food in but that's a really good idea yeah. to actually put your waste in a Tupperware to bring home yeah because I've got the composting bin here yeah. so and it's not, you know, it's less heavy than what you take in to start the day because yeah. you've only got what's left over of your lunch, not your whole lunch. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'd say that's the one thing that I do most often. Uh, for me, I think it was because I was thinking about what you said and it's a very silly one aside from today, which is not a good example, guys. Just don't take today as an example. Usually I get a tote bag wherever I go. Yeah. I think it's because I know that you have... <laughs> I do have a lot. Sam has a lot. <laughs> oh gosh, so if, yeah. if we're getting loads of stuff, then I know that I, you know, if I have any left- leftovers or extra stuff, she can just kind of lend me one. We all have a lot, to be honest. I think mm-hmm. between the three of us, probably have like millions. But um, there still could be a time, and I've added that, where I just don't think I'm going to get anything. I go out and I'm like, oh, shoot, I need the milk. And then you go and get the milk and then you get 70 million things. So that's one. And then the other one I have, um, that's a big one because I can literally put in any possible bag because I can just crunch it up. Then I'm holding, which you can't see, a little net 
for food mm-hmm. and I'm kind of I'm kind of training the boyfriend bless him to kind of do the same so when we get food we try as much as possible to go out to the market so when we go to the supermarkets as well we try mm-hmm. and go for the unpackaged one yeah and then if we have this with us we just put back in straight away or we put it like this in the fridge first it lasts yeah. longer yeah Secondly, it just um, is so much easier because it also kind of helps me not getting the food that is fully packaged. I'm like, yeah. nah, it's a small thing. But mm-hmm. these are the two things that the tote bag has been a long time coming. But this one is probably a bit newer for me. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like a small little thing, but it makes me quite happy. Yeah, well, lots of small things make a very big change. Yeah, they do. It's all the small things, though. Yeah. Like, you can't, I think it's a bit unrealistic to go completely zero waste and yeah. completely plastic free. Like, I'm not being negative, but that's not going to happen anytime no. soon for me. But just reducing it massively. Exactly. And just be more aware of it. Yeah. You know, so you can make That's a change whenever, you, whenever it's available. Just, you know, pick Do a it. more sustainable option. And yeah. Just saying no is a really good thing. Yeah. Like, just started saying no to flyers, no to things that I don't need. Like, no to goodie bags if mm. I don't want them. Like, just generally saying no. And it's really empowering. Yeah. <laughs> it feels know, really good. And you're also helping planet. Yeah. I just feel like you'll be more... Um, not choose is the wrong word, but I'm more conscious about yeah. the things that you really want. And if yeah. I'm like, no, no. And, and again, what you it's, need. A, it's a good thing in life as well to be mm-hmm. able to say no a bit more, I think. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, but this is just like, again, obviously, this is just a bit of an idea to give you like what the topic of today is because we thought, well, the awards is happening literally tomorrow if you're listening to this on the day that the podcast is out. So please um, send us love and, and kind and unicorns and in all the sparkles because um, we're really excited but as always I find a very intense event in a good way mm-hmm. but it is because there's a lot more than just the actual event on the day we've been mm-hmm. shortlisting and sending things and voting and it's been going on for months and months millions um, of emails <laughs> <laughs> yeah between those two like the amount of emails like between them and, and, and me updating websites and doing like graphics we've just been like but it's again is the event that is the longer standing that will never change that format because it just works and people uh, you will be able to see all the winners um, by Monday as well so if you're listening to this now you can literally see the updates on our Instagram anyway um, Mm -hmm. on Thursday and then on Monday everything is going to be live so we try to be as prompt as possible because you know people are really excited they get real trophies Mm -hmm. actually mildly more sustainable trophies so that's that's a really really good thing so yeah, if you want to know more, if you want to just, you know, be in the loop, uh, just go on hbloggers.com uh, on social and you can see everything happening on the night. We're really excited and pumped. But before that, you can actually get to know our friends at Karma, as I said, sustainability partner for the awards, but overall a great brand. And it was lovely to talk to Jessica a bit more about the mission, the statement and what they want to do. So check it out. Thank you so much, girls, for joining me today. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure we'll have loads of fun on Thursday. <laughs> you know, some places nobody can 100% make as much food as, as customers are going to have that day. You don't know if weather's going to play into it. You don't know if, if that day you're just going to have all vegan customers because you couldn't plan it. Yeah. It's... You know, every case is different. You really can't plan your stock that closely. You can get as close as you can. And, I mean, our aim is that we can help people with that. Yeah. They learn that, okay, this one burger is always on karma. It must be less popular. Let's re- rearrange the menu. And I kind of like the fact as well that I think it educates uh, the, the users of the app as well in a way 
to look out for different places because obviously there are some um, uh, eateries and cafes. I always struggle to say the word of the thing. <laughs> restaurants because there's so many different things, but there are like um, deliciously out of one we're talking about detox kitchen. They're already known, so they kind of already have a customer base anyway. Mm-hmm. But then there are the smaller ones as well. And it's kind of interesting to see that. As I said, it kind of pushes people not to go to, and I'm guilty of that sometimes. You know, you want a quick food on the go, you might go to Pratt. Not that there's something wrong with like a Starbucks or a Pratt or any kind of chain, but it's also because you know what it is, you kind of feel like, oh yeah, it's kind of familiar and it's com- convenient with the familiarity of it. Whereas, sure. and I don't know if you agree with me, but I find that personally I've done that a lot. And kind of like my first, not obstacle, but the first thing that I had when I was using the app, I was like, I'm going to go into this new place. <laughs> okay. And it's silly because you shouldn't have that. But I just like people going to a, you know, you go for a free trial and a gym. Sometimes people don't go to the free trial just because they are going on their own to a place that they don't know. And they're going to get stuff for free, but they're still really wary about it. I mean, like, people love it because of that. It's a discovery element, I guess. Yeah, like, so we actually have um, some numbers because, like, we did a, we did some customer surveys about this and 80 per, 82% of our users have discovered a new place on Karma. 82? Yeah. It's amazing. And it's that kind of... Um, it's like you take the chance because you're like, well, it's not that expensive. It's in my area. Why don't I try it? And then you end up going back there. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. And then you can both go back on Karma also sometimes. You just kind of, like, find mm-hmm. it. And I guess you create that meaning relationship as well and that kind of connection which yeah. is really really nice and one of the things also that I learned um, kind of by using the app I suppose which is kind of like for me it was a lot of discovery in my area as well I know that people use it in different ways but for me it was I used to live in Brick Lane and, and that kind of area in Bethel Green and stuff and it was just so much stuff that I never heard of and I think that was kind of like that element of just kind of fun and adventure almost and I know you slightly gamify it as well with like the weekend warrior and stuff like that. And you try to add a bit of education in it. It was one of the badges, which is the one, I think about the carbon emission or something. So the amount that you've saved. I mean, I think that the only way that you're going to keep using karma is if you fit it into your everyday life. And what's fun about that if you're exploring your neighborhood is, okay, maybe I knew that Vita Bakery was on Brick Lane because... You know, you're, you're working in this industry and you know that they're gluten-free or vegan, but maybe you didn't know that there's a great sushi place. And sushi is so expensive in London. If you can get it for half price, you know that they've made it fresh that day. It's a no-brainer to use something like Karma. How much do you find that education fits within, you know, because obviously it's part of your mission, because the mission is just, and you know, we're talking about the fashion as well, so there's definitely loads of education with data and analysis and stuff. But I'm kind of wondering, aside from obviously knowing it for yourself, for the press, for the, with the wider mission, how important it is also to communicate that element to, I guess I'm calling them the users, because obviously I'm the users and the sellers, that's kind of, I'm calling them as the users. How much, how important for you guys is to be able to communicate that to the users as well? Um, I mean, it's something that we're super uh, involved in as a company in terms of keeping up with the food waste industry and um, we signed the step up to the plate pledge which is like a government initiative to solve food waste in the UK because we know that it's important and it's worthy work but it's also our industry so being able to try and digest that down for a user is also important like I could sit here and reel off all of the scary facts but you're going to switch off really quickly so you know as a as a, um, as a as a global issue, do you 
Mm. Are you going to change your habits if you know that we grow food that's never eaten in an area larger than China? Or are you going to change your habits if you know that a bakery down the road from your um, then your office can sell something for you for 50% off and you happen to save that food from being wasted? Probably the latter. Yeah. So we're, we're definitely never trying to be preachy or um, like patronizing. We want it to be uplifting content and make you excited to know more, but it's, uh, it's not an easy story to tell. Yeah, I guess it's that kind of thing of combining the two, as you just said, just combining the, um, the element of having that plus also having the fun and the kind of uplifting and then I suppose all the things you do in the pledge and all the research that you do is also in order to kind of prove where you're standing I suppose for the wider picture in kind of mixing the two together but as you say and I do appreciate that I think as I said like then because younger consumers are a bit more switched on and they're a bit more actually vocal and they're kind of like building on the environmental change and stuff but certainly older audiences or people that maybe are not necessarily as switched on when it comes to this as you said you don't want to come across as preachy because then they feel almost like they can have to mm. whereas you're making it as a perk for them and as a, like, a good thing for them as well I mean I think that ultimately our business model is, is in place to try and show um, show everyone that you can create something rewarding and have a sustainable business that is also still profitable it's a win for the user. They're saving money when they buy food from great places. Uh, for the seller, it's a win for them because they're um, earning extra money for, for food they would have thrown away. Um, and then for the environment, you know, we're saving CO2 emissions every time you pick up a surplus burger. That is very true. And I like that. I like that. That's my favorite batch. I mean, maybe we have one out there. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I was showing it to the boyfriend. He was like, eh? And I was like, don't worry, <laughs> so cool. <laughs> the small little things as well. So you actually are a Swedish company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how long was it coming? I mean, I should know because I've done my research when I was writing articles. But how long has it been going on in Sweden? Was it since twenty fifteen? So no, actually, we um, we started officially in Sweden in late twenty sixteen in November. Um, so we've been going about two and a half years since then, and we have five percent of um, the Swedish population now use Karma. So we're well loved over there. It's very exciting, uh, and we so we soft launched in the UK in London last year. Only officially opened our office in January. So I've actually only been at Karma for seven months. Myself. Yeah, I was going to ask you actually. Uh, and then we, we also opened in Paris in the spring. So I'm sold out. You know, we're working on taking over the world. You know, one difficult step at a time. <laughs> <laughs> one, it's like a risk. It's like one country at a time, just kind of coming in. With like little cute chameleons or like little cute like <laughs> pink outfits and just kind of running around and just like hello. Um, but you know what I was thinking as well that I wanted to ask because again I don't know and obviously probably you wouldn't know either as much. Like obviously the difference between Stockholm and the rest of Sweden, but I know very well the difference between London and the rest of the UK. And I was kind of wondering, and you being obviously doing marketing for the, for the company as well, but there's always an eye when you do marketing, there's always an eye of just expansion sales and stuff like that. And what do you think is going to be um, not the most challenging element, but I suppose at the end they need to be wary of when it comes to going from London, the hub, to slightly kind of like growing throughout the UK, because obviously it's the next step. Um, how many? I think you've got about. I was checking this morning actually, almost almost a thousand in London that I could see um, sellers. But obviously, you have to do the next step, and it's it's a it's an interesting world, the app world, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to a very location based one. 
So in London so far, we actually have 1,400 sellers. Um, and I mean, we are working with a lot of brands that I'm sure your um, readers are going to be really familiar with. So like Detox Kitchen, Farm Girl, um, Honey Poke, Island Poke, Japan Center, Press London, Coca de Mama, Redemption Bar, St. John's Bakery. Like we're really, really happy with the, the quality of sellers we've been able to sign on um, in London. And I think that the biggest challenge for us moving into um, secondary UK cities and just expanding will be uh, the team and stretching the team and considering the we're going to be launching from London the travel time the uh, ability to be on the ground having to go out there um, but we're really excited about it and it's happening very very soon by the time you're listening to this we might already be making those steps yay can you tell me which one will be the next um, I think at the moment it's going to be Bryson Yay, that's a very good one. Brighton and Bristol are very vibrant. I know it sounds silly, but I was thinking about talking to somebody yesterday, which you would hear in the podcast as well, by the end of the season, um, and they're based in Bristol. And it's a very vibrant scene, and Brighton are very similar when it comes yeah. to that. And it's I mean, we want to be everywhere. It's just the, uh, the capacity for our team to make it happen. But we do know that the... Um, we think that the user potential audience in Brighton is going to love Karma. Um, there's also loads of great independent places there that we we believe are going to love Karma. So it's just um, it's up to us to make that happen. Um, this might be a bit out of your remit, so if you feel like, oh my god, then just let me know, obviously. Um, but do you think that also, obviously, you know, the apps evolve, and obviously also your app will evolve. Do you think that also is a case of maybe the app and the way they might change could help you just making that job a bit easier? You know, like apps have different versions and stuff, and maybe also within the app, like for the seller element or something, uh, make them a bit more independent so that it's easy for you not to have to be always on the ground. Or you would like to have um, some team presence within the big cities, I suppose, and the big hubs. I mean, eventually, when we expand and we have more money behind us, obviously we'd love to have people on the ground, but I think that for now it's... It's unlikely to happen, but we are, and we have a very busy product team who are iterating the product on a daily basis, working on improvements, working on fine-tuning it. Um, if you're a user and you're listening to this and you have any feedback, you should always message us because we're all ears. Uh, and I think that what one thing you might not know is that we do have a separate app for sellers. Um, and that's something that has its own team and then gets iterated on. And we're always looking for ways to make it as quick as possible. I think at the moment, the record is like, it's 15 seconds to make a sale. Um, but maybe that could be 10. <laughs> <laughs> Still, it's a very good track record. But that's what I was thinking as well. It's just like, I think sometimes the, the pain point and kind of like the, the obstacle comes when, you know, it's harder to, for people to onboard themselves and you kind of have to have, you know, that personal element at all times. You cannot really control that. But again, um, I'm slightly out of London, but I'm not out, out of London. And I know there's one places, and I'm, I'm willing to make it 10 now. It's just there are not that many independent places anyway, but I'm willing to find 10 um, and just kind of like get in touch. But again, it's far enough that it's probably not still London, and there are a couple of places around that are far enough that it's probably not London, but it's still within London, so it's that kind of thing where, like, the more you can expand within the areas and um, surroundings. And what I've noticed, again, season on this podcast also, we're going to talk to another app, which is MoveGB, I can say, obviously, because I love MoveGB. And it's a similar proposition, because obviously they do workouts, and they do all over the UK, but they're different hubs that they really focus on. And it's that kind of thing, like, you don't want to have to 
say no to an area if the area is starting to kind of creep out by itself. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's really good that people remember that there's such a host of people working on the apps to make sure that it's as easy as independent as possible to do what has to be done. Yeah, I mean, there's so much work happening behind the scenes that, that you're never going to see, but we're, uh, we are really busy. We're, we're a true startup in terms that everybody is working towards this collective goal. It's, it's occasionally long hours. People are doing more than one job. That's the way it is to make sure that we can kind of make a product that we're proud of. Uh, but I think one thing to keep in mind is that when we started in London, we were only really looking at one area, one tiny area, and we're now... Uh, fully across on one and we're looking at how to get that into more residential areas and we're growing and growing as fast as we can um, and because of that we're seeing so much potential and so many new users coming on board. Um, coming back to a point that we kind of might touch earlier very very briefly, how do you think the role of the ambassadors uh, that you have, somebody can, you know, users can become ambassadors aside from obviously referring people which is a great, a great option which most you know business models now have, especially when it comes to like scale of scalability. Um, do you think it's something that you kind of still testing, or is it something that uh, you have seen? Because obviously you've been in Sweden, and I was kind of wondering how did that go there, and whether you think it can be a really good drive for obviously more resellers because they make they do the job for you in a way when it comes to that element. Mm. Um, so maybe I can just explain. We have two things there. So we have a refer a friend program, which is essentially um, invite your friend to Karma. If they, you know, if they get a fiver from you when they make their first purchase, you get two pounds fifty. You guys can continue to eat for free if you have as many friends as you know <laughs> as that. Um, and that's one thing. So separate to that, we have an ambassador program. So you can sign up to Karma, become an ambassador, and then sign up your own restaurant. And we have essentially kickbacks that come with that. So maybe you'll get money to spend on Karma or Karma Swag. We have like a little community for that. Uh, we're still testing and learning. We have a, um, a team of people looking at it specifically this fall. So I expect a lot of stuff to come and change. Uh, I don't have anything I can share just yet, but it's an exciting time. Awesome. It is. I think it's kind of one of those things where like the social proof that comes from these elements is it's it's such an important one, it's such an easy one as well. And I find that for me, like I'm thinking about other, other again, similar services or similar apps and business models that have similar, especially the referral of your friend, which is the one that is most common. It's literally about, because people think, well, if you say refer your friend, it doesn't matter what you do, you will get people to refer you. Nope. You have to have the strong mission, you have to have the strong values. Obviously, first of all, the service has to be good enough. <laughs> People are going to be like, I find benefits, you will find them too. But I also find that the ones that I really see that work, where actually people do successfully refer other friends, are the ones where there's some sort of like shared mission or shared goal, and there's a bit of a community feeling as well to it, which is kind of why I'm always fascinating to ask more about it, um, because I think sometimes people underestimate, not underestimated, but... Um, kind of like want to try for the wrong reasons, if that makes sense. Whereas mm -hmm. if you're kind of harnessing a bit more of a sense of community within the users and kind of like, you know, I help you, you help me, but also you find it valuable because X, Y, and Z, you're kind of tapping into the bigger picture. Mm. I mean, I think that the nice thing about using Karma really as, as a user is you are contributing to reducing food waste across London, which creates less CO2 emissions, which means that climate change is maybe just a little bit further away. You know? <laughs> and every little uh, step that you take to rescue from 
like a rescue salad from Detox Kitchen, or maybe like a fudge brownie from Deliciously Ella, who knows? It might seem like it's nothing, but since we've launched, we've actually saved 485 tons of food, um, like globally, and that creates uh, a saving of 725 tons of CO2. I mean, that's worth it. And I think that that's exactly what you're saying about building a community and people realizing that it's these small efforts that add up. You just have to take... If you think of every single household in um, in London, if each of them throw away just one banana, yeah, think about the landfill impact of those millions and millions of sat bananas. Sake, this is exactly the kind of mindset that we want uh, our users to have, and to instead of just stopping by Pret or maybe going to Tesco for a meal deal or whatever your lunch of choice is, um, have a look. On karma. Yeah, and a lot of the times you also find that you get, again, I had the same burger twice because I really liked it and we were in the same area. So I made friends with the guys. Um, and, you know, it came with a little compostable packaging, which was cute because obviously some of them, I suppose, are usually kind of giving food to go, but some of them don't necessarily do as much. So for that, I mean, usually it's not, you don't do takeaway, they just kind of like usually they are um, you eat in, which actually we ate in once, but the other time I got it by myself. And it was this little like compostable thing, it was really happy, it's like, yeah, recycling, joy. So the small things like that is all about also, I guess, I'm coming back to now the sellers. Also, of course, they see the benefits in sales, discoverability and stuff, but also slightly, again, I don't want to say educating in a pretty way, but informing the sellers of. Um, it's beneficial for you, but I think also about the other things that you're doing that are actually making a difference, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think for, for the seller, what we have to remember is how competitive it is to have a restaurant in London, especially if you're independent, if you're a coffee shop or you're a sit-down restaurant or however you sell your food. Um, the, the shelf life of you as a product is going to be down to getting enough customers in every day. And another way of getting customers in is, is through Karma. And the, that discoverability. I think I mentioned earlier, you know, we do have some stats that 82% of our users have discovered a brand new place. And I think that's amazing. I've discovered so many places on Karma that I would never have bothered going to because you're stuck in your office or you're, you know, you're busy. But I know I now know about like an amazing Vietnamese place in Bank and I, I would never have tried it before. Um, Indochine, by the way, <laughs> I highly recommend they sell on Karma. Uh, and I think it's important to not get stuck and um, have blinkers on when you're living in such a vibrant city like London. Like support the independent restaurants that um, that are in London because they'll all disappear otherwise. Yeah, that's very true. And and you know, like if someone is throwing something in the bin, that is wasted profit, really. So what we're able to do for them is help them make like not as much as they would have made if they were selling at full price, of course, because everything on Karma is fifty percent off. But it's something. And, um, you know, with our top, top sellers at Karma, you make a significant amount of money. Yeah, I can imagine, especially when... How does it... Do you find that there's, like, a correlation between top sellers... I'm going to be geeky again. And uh, maybe, like, how long they've been on the platform or just how... I don't want to say well-known they are in that, in that sense. But, you know, the, the detox kitchen, obviously, within my niche, is very well-known. So if somebody is a health blogger, influencer, or even just, like, a brand uses it, see the Tox Kitchen, recognize it. So I'm kind of wondering whether it's just like people knowing who they are, if it's, or it's just kind of, it's very random. It could be very random. I mean, it's, it's actually, 
if you were a well-known um, a well-known name in London or maybe a more niche well-known name, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be our, our top seller. It really depends how you use the app and how you're using it to kind of um, reduce surplus in your in your particular restaurant. Uh, one of our top sellers is a small sushi restaurant who um, I'm sure nobody would know by name unless you worked in that area. They serve great sushi rolls, but the reason that I think they're one of our top sellers is they were very smart about how they did their surplus. So when, you, when you're making a sushi roll, you know you have to be very precise about the cut of fish, yeah. uh, the cut of salmon, for example. And so rolls were created just for karma with offcuts of the fish. So that is brand new like items from this that you wouldn't get that you wouldn't, you wouldn't have been able to buy anyway, um, like a like fried salmon roll versus it being raw because those offcuts couldn't make a whole roll, uh, and I think it's just genius. We found so many chefs creating items that are maybe they've made a misorder when they've been ordering their food for the week and then they create a dish just for karma. It's their ability to experiment or have a different. Um, a different way to look at their surplus. So there's an extra level of tackling the food waste element because on top of just having, for example, like an extra bagel, you're also saying, oh, I have all this extra food that otherwise would go in the bin. So it's not just a case of, is a portion of something, is a completely new dish. Exactly, yeah. It's a brand new dish because they had to be smart about it. Uh, and we've got a whole audience of people looking for food, so why not, you know, be experimental? And make it unique, I suppose, as well. Yeah. Would uh, would we rightfully or wrongly assume that is a relatively younger specific uh, user base? Or obviously, you might have some data on that. Or I'm just kind of wondering: is it a bit? Um, what can I say? Just varied. It could be very varied, but I'm just really interested in that, just to see who is already on board and who are the people that you're looking to potentially tap in next. Obviously, we talked about the sellers, new sellers and more sellers and different areas, but it's kind of interesting to see, obviously, the idea is always to get more people in. And I was talking to, throughout the whole season, we talked to people that are either like plant-based or vegan, or, you know, there's alcohol-free we're going to talk about as well. There's so many different elements, and with all of them that I've talked to so far, everybody said it's not a case of turning everybody vegan, it's just a case of getting people that are eating meat to eat less meat. People who drink... To drink less and to drink you know, for fun rather than just just because it's kind of like what you do every night so it's kind of that moderation and tapping into people that maybe are not the ambassadors of the mission but they're interesting in making smaller changes so kind of wondering what do you know about the user base and if there's a trend in there if it's a bit everything and nothing i mean we we want karma to be used by everyone it's definitely a, a varied user base um i could tell you more niche information not necessarily right now, yeah. <laughs> but we are looking to reach more people. So, I mean, if you're if you're listening to this and you're interested in karma, reach out to us. So we can tell you more if you're if you want to know how you can help solve food waste in London or throughout the UK as we continue to grow. We can tell you. That's awesome. Uh, when it comes to the marketing element, which is one of the interesting things I have as well. Um, Obviously, marketing and marketing, you know, business model that is a bit different as well comes with uh, its own learning curve as well. Um, how have you find it yourself? Obviously, being single-handedly handling the marketing for quite a long time, <laughs> probably by the time this comes out, being relieved with some of that stress, but still. And I'm kind of wondering, you know, um, juggling those flexibilities, the element of community, the element of having two different audiences, something that we I talked about before in a podcast. Two different audiences, incredibly engaged, that both of them need love in TLC. 
So um, what are some of the learnings for the last seven months, was it seven months? Yeah, seven months, <laughs> it's been busy. Uh, I would say that you just never stop moving, uh, ever. Um, and you're totally right. We are marketing, which is anything you might have seen about Karma to users. So we um, try to get into the press, or we do speaking engagements, or we do things like this, so that you might hear about us in a different way. Um, or we have done tube adverts, for example. You might have seen us there. Uh, but when we're talking to our seller community, we're also looking at how to maybe make sure that they'd like to put a sticker in their window or when you're there, you know that there's a sign for where to collect so that you don't feel like you're not sure if karma's there. So we're always trying to work on both sides. But I mean, don't get me wrong, yes, I am alone currently in the UK <laughs> working on the marketing, but we do have more people working in Sweden that support me. We have people coming in in a couple weeks to join the karma team. We're growing really, really quickly. It's amazing. Uh, last thing, so if you had to say, well, we talked about a couple, but if you had to say one of the big missions or like kind of goals for 2020, so the next year uh, for Karma, what could that be? I think I just have to come back to my previous point that it's really important to us that we continue to showcase and prove how creating a sustainable company that's rewarding to its users, to its uh, partners and sellers, to its employees, is profitable. This is, a, this is a business model that makes sense, and we just have to make sure more and more people know about it. Awesome. Last question, the one that is unrelated to everything else. So I can see your eyes going to be like, oh, oh no, oh no. <laughs> um, but if you could take out anyone for brunch, maybe using karma, so together, we can go live and have a little meal on the go together. Um, dead or alive, what would it be? If you want to add an extra layer, where would you go as well, given that we're going to use karma? But I don't want to overwhelm you with all the details, but definitely, who would it be? Dead or alive, anyone? And then if you have an idea of where, that could also be really fun. I think I would like to take out the founder of Patagonia. Oh. Um, his name is Yvonne. I surname is tricky to pronounce I'm not gonna butcher it here <laughs> but if you haven't read his book let my people go surfing I recommend it it's incredibly inspiring and his ethos to build a company that has environmental impact and purpose and to be so globally successful is so inspiring and maybe I would take him to St. John's Bakery and have a donut yay <laughs> best quick brunch ever Thank you so much for being with me. And um, if you want to know more, if you want to get the links, if you want to get, if you're a new user, you want to get five pounds off your first order, just check the show notes as well and make sure that you follow Karma as well. Thank you so much, Jess. No problem. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Make an Impact Show. For more info on the HBC, head to our socials at hbloggers.com or go to our website, healthbloggerscommunity.com. Now get out there and be awesome.